Welcome to Photo Taco, the only show with photography tips you can learn in the time it takes to eat a taco. Or perhaps a burrito. Photo Taco! Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of Photo Taco on the Master Photography Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jeff Harmon. Thanks so much for spending a few minutes of your day with me. And I am joined in this episode by good friend of the show from across the pond, Victoria Bampton. Welcome back to Photo Taco, Victoria. Thank you very much for having me. I know the listeners are so excited. Like I just, I posted in our Facebook group that you were going to be on the show with us. And there were so many likes and so many comments. They're like, they were excited. They're, they love it when we get together. Cool. It, it's fun. All right. In this episode, we are going to talk about the new texture slider in Lightroom Classic. And I'm sure most of the listeners are already familiar with the, the slider because a lot of them a lot of them just can't wait. They just jump on those updates as soon as they come. And that's that's fine if they if they uh, want to do that. But I have also done kind of my review of it and given my photo taco seal of approval for this update. So if anyone's listening and they haven't done that yet, go ahead. Go ahead and update Lightroom Classic to the very latest version. It's version 8.3 that was released in May 2019. And in that release, they added a new slider, which is always exciting. Whenever the new slider comes into Lightroom, it's uh, it's been a bit since we've had a new slider, so uh, super excited about that. And we're gonna we're gonna just try to dive into that today and what it is that this texture slider can do. So first off, in case photographers don't know where it is, I wanted to go through how you can find this slider. Where is this new slider? It's kind of funny because I I saw um I saw a little what was it a uh, it was a webcast, I think, the other day. Some, so I was watching someone, and they were in Lightroom, and the texture slider was there, and they, they said, "What? what is this? <laughs> they, had, they didn't know that it had come and, and was new. So it was kind of funny to me. It was like, oh, man, you, you need to go find that. Check that out, because it's really cool. So let, let, where, where you can find it is in, uh, like I said, it's, it's for Creative Cloud subscribers only. You don't get this in any other version of Lightroom. And uh, Lightroom Classic has it. Uh, so does Lightroom, just, you know, the norm, the, how do you say it? The mobile version, essentially, but also on the desktop, the the all new Lightroom. The names are still kind of confusing. It's hard. It's hard to talk about it <laughs> still. I, I've, I've nicknamed it Lightroom Cloudy. Lightroom that Cloudy. Seems stuck. Okay. That, <laughs> that's better. That, I like it because you need to distinguish it. It's, it's tough and the names keep changing anyway. Um, it, it's there too. It's also in Photoshop and I'll tell you about that in just a second. So it, it's in all of the current creative cloud light rooms that there are. And, and it's, it's really, really fun. So in classic, the desktop version that most of us have been using for a long, long time. Now, if you have version 8.3, then it's in the develop module in the presence section of the basic panel. So and it's just above clarity and the haze those two sliders that are there, which should give you kind of a clue about what, how the slider works. Um, and if you've used clarity into haze, you can kind of imagine then somewhat of what texture will do just because it has some similarities to those sliders. And we're going to, but we're going to talk about how it's different and, and what exactly it does. I also want to point out that it's actually available in Photoshop as well. I think there's a ton of photographers well, first off, a lot of photographers get intimidated by Photoshop, and and I, I get that. Photoshop is is a, a beast of a program. It's got so many capabilities. There's so many ways to do things, 
and uh, and there's it, there's buttons everywhere when you get in there. So I understand why there there may be some intimidation. But for those who do use Photoshop, um, I want just make sure that to make that you understand that this is available there too, and through it's through Adobe Camera Raw. And it's going to be kind of in about the same place. Once you get into Adobe Camera Raw in Photoshop, it looks really, really similar to Lightroom. And so if, if you're working on an image, and I've had this happen a, a ton as I was in, in, in Photoshop, because I, I was definitely more familiar with Photoshop first. That's where I started as a photographer in doing post-processing was in Lightroom. And then in Photoshop, um, you know, I'd, I'd get in there and I'd, I'd be making some adjustments, maybe trying to do some kind of... Uh, content aware feel or, or something like that, that, that Photoshop is much better at than Lightroom. And then I would say, well, oh, but I really want to bring up the shadows just a little bit. And while there's a lot of ways you can do that in Photoshop, I love that I can just bring up Adobe Camera Raw. And then I've got my nice familiar controls <laughs> that are there from Lightroom and be able to edit it. So it's, it's there in Photoshop too. In fact, really there's Adobe Camera Raw. It's kind of the same, isn't it the same engine, Victoria, between Lightroom and Photoshop? Yes. So the Camera Raw engine is available as a plugin for Photoshop and Bridge and a couple of other programs. And it's built into all of the Lightroom apps. So as well as in Lightroom Classic, you'll find it in the effects panel uh, of the Lightroom Cloudy. Um, so it's available whichever version you want to be able to use. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and it's just like the same controls that you're used to, which is awesome. It's really fun to be able to do that. Like I said, I, I love being able to lean on that. When I have kind of a, a more minor adjustment that I, I wish I'd have made in Lightroom before I went took the photo into Photoshop and uh, and now I can't, and then you can. Plus, if you use smart objects on layers and apply it as a filter, you can even go back to kind of a non-destructive workflow within Photoshop and there's so many capabilities in Photoshop, so that's not what this episode is about, but it's there. <laughs> so make sure that, that you know that. All right, now let's let's try to describe what this new slider does. Now that now that photographers have kind of been told where they can find it, now now the task of trying to describe what it does. The listeners definitely wanted to have sort of a technical explanation about what texture is doing. Um, they want to know, of course, how it's different from clarity and sharpening, because those are the two other adjustments that are super similar to texture. But they, they wanted to understand kind of at a, a technical level, what is it this texture slider is doing? So we're, I'm going to try to have you do that in just a second, Victoria. I also want to encourage listeners, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to a really good blog post that Max Went wrote out on Adobe's site. It is a fantastic post. I haven't seen a whole lot of posts like this in the past. Victoria, has he done this much? I don't think so. I think this might even be the first time. Okay. He's the he's the lead engineer on this particular slider. Yeah. So it, he, he is the ideal person to be able to tell you about it. And it was amazing. When I saw that, I was like, why didn't have I missed these in the past? This is fantastic. So I'll put a link to it because he does such a great job of going through kind of not only he, he not only gets into the technical details and has some some visual some photos and and changes uh, adjustments and and comparing things that really really help but he also talked a little bit about the history of it and how they came up with the idea and and where they were headed with it it's it's extremely good blog post so i will have a link to it in the show notes you need to go and check that out but but for those that haven't seen that victoria he talks about frequencies in images and that there are high medium and low frequencies 
And he says that texture kind of finds and enhances or smooths, depending on which direction you take the slider, out the uh, the medium frequencies in an image. So, Victoria, can you help us out here? What are frequencies and what is texture doing with them? Yeah, it's a bit geeky, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's not a term we often use as photographers. Essentially, it allows the developers to separate a photo into multiple layers of different size details so they can treat them differently. So it's something that many photographers will be familiar with from frequency separation in beauty retouching. That's kind of a simplified version where you're generally just using two layers where the detail on the face is on one layer and it's separated from the underlying color and tone. So they're just doing that on a much ex- expanded kind of basis. Okay. So, Go so ahead. the texture, yeah. So the texture tool is is focusing mainly on the medium sized details. So it's not affecting the large smooth areas, and it's generally ignoring the smallest details like noise. So it's focusing on the real detail and textures in the photo. Yeah, it, it's awesome. So it, listeners may be familiar with. I'm sure you've heard the term if you're listening to this podcast. You've listened to other podcasts, I'm sure, and you've probably heard the term frequency separation. That's been a, a pretty common editing kind of style or, or thing that, that especially portrait photographers use. And it's been to, to like smooth out the skin a little bit. You can smooth it out with other things. You can get an adjustment brush and you can, you can like you move the sharpening slider to the left or move the clarity slider to the left or other things that, that can try to, to smooth out the skin. And if you take it too far, and, and I've seen a whole lot of photographers do that, then the skin looks like plasticky. It looks like a mannequin. It, it doesn't look human any longer. And, uh, and that it's tough to kind of get a, a balance between having texture still be there in the skin, but just softening it a little bit and, and having a lot of portrait clients want it to look a little softer than, than they are in real life. So, so they want that effect. And uh, texture is a better way to kind of target that specific kind of thing. And, and in Max's post, he kind of said that's where they were headed. They wanted to, to really provide a slider that photographers, especially portrait photographers, could use to do that very thing but they found it did way more as they implemented it. And that's really cool. I love that story. Um, all right. So now, now that we kind of have identified that, and, and he does a good job in the blog post too of showing how it, it leaves the noise alone. So which you, you mentioned too, Victoria, and I love that part of this effect. I've tried it out on some Milky Way shots, for example, and that was really helpful. I loved being able to, um, to enhance the middle frequencies without it touching the noise. It was really, really great. And, and man, it, it's, it, I think this is going to have so many applications. I think this is going to be a slider I reach for a lot. But let's talk now. The, the listeners also wanted us to talk about the difference between this slider texture and some of the ones, some of those that are, are more similar. And maybe we can put it, as we talk about this, in terms of the frequencies somewhat, since that's how the, the texture sliders really being defined is, is dealing with these image frequencies. So how is texture different from clarity is, is kind of the question. And, and in my own use of it, it, it seemed really obvious to me as I got in there and started to use it between the two. And mainly because I will take it to the extremes. I'll go into, and I, listeners, this is a great way to, to try stuff out. Um, even though you would never use it this way on a real photo as you're doing your, your real editing, 
taking it to an extreme helps you to kind of visualize or understand what the differences are between these controls. So I, I took in lots and lots of different types of photos that I've got. And then I would take the clarity slider all the way to the right and see kind of what it does to the image. And of course, it looks terrible most of the time because that's extreme. But um, but it's a way to observe the difference. And again, this is kind of Max did this in his in his post too. So um, then I, then I noticed. And, and what happens with clarity when you do that is it really touches the contrast as well as some of the frequencies, or maybe because the frequencies that it's hitting, uh, it it really affects the contrast. It makes the brights brighter and the darks darker. And changes like, you know, the overall tone of the image because of it. And sometimes that's the effect you want. Sometimes that's going to be what you're, you're looking for as you're making adjustments. But when with texture, when I take it all the way to the right, it's a very different look. I mean, similar because you are enhancing some of the details in the photo, but it doesn't have the same impact on the contrast that I saw with Clarity. And, and so that was like an obvious difference to me. And I think if listeners go try that, they'll see that. What else would you say about this, Victoria? How, what's, how is texture different from clarity? Yeah, you're spot on in your observations. Um, so clarity is affecting a much wider range of detail sizes or a much wider range of frequencies. So it's affecting the overall contrast and saturation of the photo. And that can start to look very unnatural very quickly if you're not careful. Whereas texture is focusing on much smaller sort of mid-sized details. So it's adding a sort of 3D feel to the photo without changing the overall contrast. And you can see that difference if you watch the histogram, that, that you will see a huge difference when you move the clarity slider, but not when you move the texture slider. So the effect is much more subtle. In many cases, you can push it all the way to 100 and beyond without introducing any artifacts, which you wouldn't usually do with clarity. No, right. Um, you may need to zoom into one-to-one -to, -one to be able to see it properly, uh, particularly depending on the kind of details you've got on the image. Uh, but don't forget to zoom back out again to check you haven't overdone it. Because, because in some cases, if you've got an image where there is a lot of detail, um, it can look a little bit too crunchy. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. So, so, um, how, what do you think? How would a listener who's going to edit a photo, they, they know they want to increase some of the detail. They want to enhance some of the detail in a photo. What, how are you going to decide between texture and clarity? Just try it or what are you going to yeah. do? Yeah, we'll start with texture first because you're not going to kill the photo that way. Right. Um, and then when you're thinking of clarity, think in terms of what overall contrast you want. So con clarity is almost closer to the contrast slider. Right. Um, so texture, I, I would have been inclined to put the texture slider in the detail panel along with sharpening. It's a lot closer um, to sharpening than it is to the much larger effect of clarity. Um, but start with texture, then go to clarity, and then fine-tune the sharpening. Right. Okay. So that, that's a good suggested workflow to to try that out. And I like that idea too. And then deciding too, like, and again, like I said, go to extremes to start with, knowing that you're going to back it off because it's too much. But that way you can kind of see what it's doing to that photo with that slider. Every photo is going to be different. The effect of, of how these sliders are going to be on the photo is going to be different. So taking it to an extreme helps you to see what it's doing to your photo. And then you back it off until it looks normal. Um, I even find after I'm, after I'm kind of settled on where I want it to be, I'll go grab a member of my family and I'll say, how does this look? What is this? <laughs> it, how is it? Because I've been staring at it too long and I, I think I've backed it off enough. 
But sometimes you're like, that looks weird right there. I don't know what you did to it, but that looks weird. Like, okay, that's a place I need to back it off some more then. Or so. even just come back to it a couple of days sure. later. When you're not looking at it all the time, you, you'll adjust, you'll stop adjusting to it. Um, and you'll be able to see it for what it is rather than what you've been staring at for too long. Okay. All right. So, so texture and clarity, I think we've covered that pretty well. The other one that's similar, and you, you, you're saying even more similar, and I agree. I think it is just because of how they, what the effect ends up being and not, the, not touching the contrast as much. Texture and sharpening. And sharpening has been, uh, I think we have done more episodes about sharpening or talked about sharpening more in the Facebook group than almost any other kind of adjustment. Uh, maybe noise reduction is another one, but uh, but it's it's a really significant part of workflows. And a lot of people are confused, I think, about how to use that. But how is texture different from sharpening then? So sharpening is focusing on even higher frequency, so even smaller details, whereas texture is skipping those really, really tiny details and going for the next level up. Um, the benefit of that means you can whack a load of texture on and it makes it look sharper but without sharpening all the noise as well um, so it adds a bit of a crispness without the image becoming too sort of crunchy uh-huh. and in in the opposite direction it softens the skin without making it look unnaturally smooth so i would tend to use texture first and then just fine tune your sharpening you may not even need to fine tune the sharpening in for most photos the texture may be enough it's it's so good, and that's why I'm like I'm loving this slider because, like you said, I I kind of went for it first. I mean, it's the new thing, so of course I'm going to go in there with every photo and okay, what does texture do on this one? And uh, so I like it that way, and, and it, it's good. I think it is a good suggestion to kind of start there as you are looking to get maybe enhance the details of parts of the photo or or to remove some of the texture uh, just a little in some places. Uh, like the portraits, the faces on a portrait, something like that. That That's a great way to be able to do it. I also like it. So again, in Max's post, I, that, listeners, you've got to go check out this post. He shows a very good example about, or he talks about in, in the post that uh, there's a reason there's masking for sharpening. And that's because it just, it, it's, it's more of a blunt tool. <laughs> it's going to sharpen these, these, these details in a way that it just enhances the noise unless you mask. <clears throat> Sorry, mask. So masking is a really super important part of sharpening. You need to, to apply the mask or change the mask slider so that you can, uh, you can control where it is sharpening is being applied and have it ignore other areas. And then texture is going to help um, kind of set that up and make it so that it'll be something that you, that you get a little more control over. I love it. Uh, all right. So let's talk about when to use it. We've already kind of given, I think, the listeners a, a good hint on this. But that was another question in the Facebook group was, okay, what style of photo? What type? Is it landscape? Is it portrait? When and when would you use the slider? In which direction on the positive or on the negative side? Because uh, I don't think I mentioned this. The slider starts off at zero, but it's in the middle of the slider. And so you can either go to the right or to the left with it. And so maybe we should back up to that. I'd skipped that part of the show notes that we had in here. Um, what is, what happens when you go to the right versus when you go to the left, Victoria, with the, the texture slider? So when you move to the right, it's going to increase the amount of texture in the picture. And when you move it to the left, it's going to reduce the amount of texture. So you'd use it, move to the left for softening skin, 
or you'd use it to the right when you want to enhance textures like landscapes and, and other examples that I'm sure we'll come across. Yeah. Okay. So where, what types of photos lend themselves best to the texture slider? What, what one should ph- photographers make sure they're checking out the texture slider? So in a positive direction, it's incredibly versatile. I particularly like it on landscapes and seascapes. For example, it'll enhance the little spray of water coming off a crashing wave and all those little details. It also works well for architecture or black and white photography where you're wanting to enhance textures without going overboard on the contrast. So anywhere you previously used positive clarity, try texture first and then add a little clarity and you'll get a more natural result, but still with that same kind of 3D pop. Um, if You might want to use it locally as well, because uh, if you brush it over someone's eyes, it'll help define the eyelashes. And if the slider, if 100 isn't enough for you, you can layer it up with additional gradient or brush pins to increase the amount of texture that you're applying. And then in a negative direction, I tend to use it locally rather than globally. So you put a radial filter over a person's face and then brush away their eyes and their hair and any other details you want to keep sharp. And that'll even out skin tones, but it'll retain the fine lines and skin texture that make us look human. There's too much negative clarity had a tendency to create Barbie dolls, (laughs) whereas this is much more natural. I love it. It is so fun to play around with these tools and just see what happens when you do it. Again, I just want to encourage listeners to do that. Play around with it. I I have ten. I have a tendency to get into a rut where, especially on a portrait, I have kind of an idea of what I wanted to do. Like I've used the sliders enough. I already know kind of where I want to go with most of it. And then I, I'll create a preset even so that the sliders will get put where where I want them. And the, the, but the photos that end up the best for me, the, the ones that I really feel like I did, I brought the most out of the photo in Lightroom are the ones where I played around, where I tried things out. And I'm so glad you mentioned the adjustment brush. Um, texture is also available in the, the texture brush, or sorry, the adjustment brush, the uh, radio filters and the graduated filters. Is there anywhere else? Is that, or is that it? Uh, that should be it. I think that's it. Okay. So it's, it's available in those two. And so you can, you can selectively, you can figure out where you want to selectively apply it. And that in, if you stack it on with another feature that, uh, that I went over on the show a little while ago, um, and that's range masking, then you, you get an incredible ability to be able to apply the adjustments where you want it. And if you don't know range masking, really briefly, it's just uh, it's available in the adjustment brush is the place I like it the best, but it's in the the filters as well. And you can you can define using a luminance kind of mask range um, to apply, figure out where the adjust, adjustment brush is going to apply, or you can use color and make it so that the colors will be used to figure out where it applies. And prior to that, you had to just kind of try to be careful. You could use auto masking in the adjustment brush as you were painting in there and try to selectively paint where it was you wanted the, it to be applied. And it was a pretty decent way to do that. But the the range masking is an even better way to be able to make sure your adjustments only being applied where you wanted to in a natural way. So it doesn't look like there's 
halos or dramatic extreme sharp you know, edges, really extreme edges between where you're applying the adjustment and where you're not. It's kind of a luminosity masking. It's another term that a lot of uh, photographers I'm sure have heard and are, are many are afraid of. I've heard of that feedback a lot from people that luminosity masking is mostly done in Photoshop and they're scared to death to get in there and try it. So range masking is a, a kind of luminosity masking sort of thing um, that's really easy to use. And if you haven't figured, haven't tried that out yet, you need to. When you combine that with texture or any of the adjustments, boy, do you get some power in being able to figure out where you want to apply adjustment and what you're going to do uh, to, to make that happen. It's it's fabulous. Um, I should have had you come on and talk about range masking with me, Victoria. That would have been that would have been good. <laughs> It was fun. Another time. Yes. Another time. Yes. All right. So anything else we should talk about with the texture slider? Do you think we covered it pretty well? I think we've covered it pretty well. Just go out there and play with it. Yeah. Yeah. Go out there and play with it. Um, I gave the Photo Taco seal of approval, like I mentioned at the top of the show. Uh, that means we've tried it out. I've been watching the the, the Amazon or sorry, the Adobe um, forums. Uh, I've been watching Victoria's forums too. And uh, for the most part, it's been a very successful release. It's been really good. Very few issues. And uh, so for most photographers, I can't, I have to say most because inevitably there's going to be someone who has a problem. <laughs> Someone's <laughs> going to have an issue as they go to apply it. It's just, there's too many people trying to do this with too many different situations and someone will have some kind of an issue. So, uh, so go, but you're, it, it looks really good. This release looks really good. So go and update and go play with this new texture slider. And I'd love to have you share what you've done with your texture slider in our Facebook group. That would be great. Or in Instagram, you can tag the show and I'd love to see what it is that you've done and how specifically the texture slider has made a difference as you have been editing and adjusting your images. It's really, really fun. If you haven't used it yet, you need to find some time and make sure you use it. And if you're a portrait photographer, really have to check out how this is going to help you with your portraits. Uh, something that I think you could do before. I, I think there's a, a ton of portrait photographers who start out in Lightroom. They do some editing there and then they, they round trip into Photoshop, particularly for this type of edit. And uh, now you, you might be able to save yourself some time there. You might be able, you might find that this does what you want it to do. And you may not have to go into Photoshop quite as much would be a time saver for you. If you're a professional portrait photographer. All right, Victoria, before we end the show here, I want to give you a chance to tell people where they can find you. Thank you very much. Uh, best place is lightroomqueen.com. There's plenty of free articles, free ebooks, and a friendly community forum, as well as my main Lightroom Classic Missing FAQ and Lightroom Cloudy Edit Like a Pro book. So there's a bit of something for everyone. And you'll find me on Facebook and Twitter as Lightroom Queen. Is it actually called Lightroom Cloudy on your site? No, well, <laughs> no, no. Only on, on only on forum posts at the moment, okay. but I think it might it, it might get converted before too much longer. It does seem to be catching on. Uh, I'd love it if Adobe did. That would be so fabulous. Oh, I don't think the marketing guys are going to like. Yeah, them. I know. <laughs> That's true. All right, so Victoria's site, LightroomQueen.com. You've got to go check that out, listeners. If you if you've liked how we've gone through these sliders and and what it is you can do with them, then you're going to love. Victoria's book, especially the the book called Adobe Lightroom Edit Like a Pro. Uh, it's a book that she keeps maintained. How does this work, Victoria? It, it, is it you buy it once and you keep getting all of the updates over time? 
Yeah, so you get a year's worth of updates and then you can just pay a low cost to be able to continue to get another year's updates and just carry on like that. Okay, so every time there's a release, Victoria has an update to the book for the release. Whatever came in the release, she if, if there's uh, parts of the book that were changed, then she updates the book and you get those for free for uh, a year after you bought it and then you, you uh, pay the small subscription kind of fee to keep getting those updates. And it is so well worth it because... She goes through in the book and explains things very similarly to how we just did with the texture slider, uh, which I appreciate because, you know, she's giving away content of the book, essentially, <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> but uh, but go check out that it book. It helps to have some pictures as well. Oh, yes, for sure. Helps to, to have some step-by-step there. Then there's there's tons of free resources on her site, too. So you need to go check that out. There's blog posts. Um, I frequently answer questions in our Facebook group. Um, from new listeners, people who haven't seen it before, because I've pasted, I've I've shared the same answer over and over and over. Of well, go check out Victoria's article of, or on her site about this because she answers it exactly. And uh, so y- you need to go check that out if if you're facing a Lightroom question, uh, we'd love to have it in our Facebook group if if you want to do that. But even better, I think, is to go and just search her site and see if she's got an article about it. Uh, most likely, she does. So it's a fantastic resource. Plus, there's the forums. What are the forums for on your site, Victoria? Sorry, say that again? The forums. What are they for? Uh, so for any Lightroom questions, so it's like the Facebook group that you that you run, but it's just in a slightly different environment. And we have a lot of um, Lightroom experts on there who give their time to be able to help others. It's perfect. I, I spend some time in there too. It's It's a really great place to go ask questions and, and see stuff. And even just watching the discussion, you learn things by, by having people, you know, uh, they're sharing information with each other. And, and there's a lot of light bulbs that go on when you when you're just reading it. So it's fantastic. Oh, I also found that you you've learned a lot from actually having to answer the questions. Oh, that's sure. how I that's how I learned a lot of what I knew because we started the forum in 2007, I think it was. Um, so a lot of what I know today is because I had to go and check things out for people who are asking questions. So it's a great way to learn. It is. And that's what we are encouraging the listeners to do. Get it so that you can fully use the tool that Lightroom is. I think there's too many that they're not really aware of all the features. They, you know, Photoshop is one thing where it's just like overwhelming with so much you can do in there. But I think Lightroom has grown to be a tool that has a lot of capabilities that not a lot of photographers fully know how to leverage. And if you can, boy, does it open up a lot of editing possibilities and, and make it so that you can do quite a lot with the photos that you're taking and, and really bring to light or make your creative vision happen. It's it's really awesome. I, I'm a huge Lightroom fan, of course, and uh, I get into Photoshop quite a bit too. So, so fun. All right. So that's, that's going to wrap up the episode for today. Thank you so much, Victoria, for joining me. I always uh, love having you on the show. Thank you too. Okay, you can find everything Photo Talk related at the uh, home of the podcast. That's phototacopodcast.com. We have searchable show notes. So we'll have show notes from this episode with uh, a lot of what we talked about here right there in text in case you can't remember it. You can go check that out. Plus the link to Max's post. You're going to want to read that post. It really, really helps. 
Uh, love to connect with you on Instagram. The show is photo, at Photo Taco Podcast. Uh, Twitter is Photo Taco. And you can drop me an email at phototacopodcast.com or sorry, phototacopodcast at gmail.com. If you want to recommend a topic for the show or you have some feedback, either way, love to have that. If you suggest a topic and it's too complicated, I'll have someone like Victoria come on with me and we will dive into the topic. Uh, I'll find an expert in the area to help us understand it together. Um, And I think that's about it for the show. Facebook group, you can go find that through the show notes. Go Just go over to the show notes and it'll be a link to the Facebook group. And to join that group, you do have to name a host of the show. So Jeff or Victoria will work too. And uh, that way, just know who list- that you're an actual listener of the podcast. There's so many that try to join the group that have they leave that question blank. And that just makes me assume you're either a spammer or a bot or uh, someone who's never listened. And I want to keep it to just the listeners. So uh, you have to answer that question if you want to get into the Facebook group. And I think that's uh, that's going to be the end of this episode. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. The views expressed on this program by independent host guests and callers do not necessarily reflect their views of Improved Photography LLC or its advertisers. Some links mentioned on this program are affiliate links where a commission is earned. Olay!